0: My check, my check, hello everyone, this is episode 4 of the APAM series, and as you can see by the title, we are going to be reviewing and looking at the murder of Vincent Chin. So this one might be a little bit different, I'm going to try to do this in more of a true crime kind of style. I've been watching a lot of true crime lately, and I remember watching and hearing some things about this um, murder of Vincent Chin so I want to try to just do my own little analysis and my own little bit of commentary for it so who exactly is Vincent Chin for the people that don't know so Vincent Chin was a Chinese American man who was adopted by Chinese American parents back in trying to remember the exact time when he was adopted but he was Adopted a while back by Chinese American parents, and they primarily lived around the Michigan area. So with Vincent Chin, he had a fairly good life growing up. He had really good parents. He had a lot of good friends growing up. He was just doing so well for himself, like throughout his entire life. And unfortunately, he did pass. And this killing took place in Michigan on June 19, 1982. And the culprits for this were two men by the name of Ronald Evans and Michael Nitz. So Ebens is or was um, this man that was working like in the car industry back in uh, Michigan. And Michael Nitz is actually his stepson. So, this is pretty much just the background of it. Unfortunately, yeah, there th- this murder did take place, but I really just wanted to take the time to highlight what this was and the impact and the legacy behind it because this case was so important to Asian American civil rights, and I just wanted to go deeper into this case. So, what exactly motivated this? So, during this time in the 80s, Japanese cars were pretty much ruling uh, like the states. Like A lot of people were starting to uh, move towards Japanese cars because they were becoming a lot more fuel efficient at this time, or at least in the, the 70s, the late 70s, um, fuel started getting a lot higher, so... Americans wanted to go more onto the side of being as fuel efficient. That makes total sense. So these Japanese cars that were being imported were a lot more fuel efficient. They were able to get around a lot easier. So people were starting to lean towards that. But not everyone was leaning towards that notion. Fuel efficiency was not like the biggest thing that people were talking about. Unfortunately, some of the domestic... Uh, Car companies like Chrysler, Ford, General Motors were losing money. So they had to let go of some people. And this included uh, guys like um, Ebens and Knit. So these guys were laid off because of, um, well, their companies just didn't have the money to support them anymore. And what's messed up about the situation is that a lot of these companies, as well as these people that have been laid off, started blaming these Japanese automobile companies for taking away their jobs and just hey, these people are the reason why we lost our jobs and that's not necessarily the point. I mean these guys were in such like they had such a victim mentality when it came to these things. I don't know if they had any kind of other skills that would help them in the job force or anything but there is no justification in terms of blaming an entire, like country or an entire group of people for losing their jobs i mean that narrative still stands to this day with a lot of other ethnic groups and again there's no validation towards it but i guess people just need some kind of scapegoat even though the rest of the world just knows that they're wrong but going back to this case in itself so uh nits and ebens lost their jobs because again they just their, their companies just could not sustain them anymore. And along with Nitz and Evans, there were plenty of people, not even in just the automotive industry, but just a lot of people in Detroit, a lot of people in Michigan that were um, creating a lot of anti-Asian, anti-Japanese hate. So this would be like in the forms of ads, in forms of racial slurs and things like that. And unfortunately... Vincent Chin was one of the guys that was victim to these uh, racist attacks, racist, um, yeah, just just like xenophobia, all, all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty much what was going around. The background, I, uh, this background is very important because this is essentially the thing that is creating the heat for uh, this case right here. So moving on to the night where, this attack actually happened. So, ah oh man, it, it sucks to say this because when I was reading up on this case, it's, it's just heartbreaking to know that the night that Vincent Chin was killed or the night when the attack happened was actually the same night when his bachelor party was happening. So the day after this bachelor party was supposed to be the day when he would get married. But unfortunately that never happened. And his fiance just ended up being uh, widowed after that. And instead of having the wedding, they had to pretty much replace it with his funeral. And it just sucks to say that because that was, that life was taken away from Vincent Chin. This life was taken away from his family, his fiance, his friends, and everything. And it's just, it's, it's just very heartbreaking to, Just think about it but this again this is such an important case to talk about because of the impact that comes with it so how exactly did this happen so this was happening during the 80s uh like i was saying before and this was happening during his bachelor party so vincent chin and his friends were just going around uh detroit and they were just going to strip clubs and they were just having a good time minding like their own business just having like their grand time before Vincent Chin uh, goes down the aisle, and at the same time, the the two guys I mentioned before, Ronald Evans and Michael Nitz, just so happened to be at the same strip club that were that Vincent Chin and his friends were at. And again, like I was saying, these dudes were so heated; they were so their their energy was so directed towards hating like Japanese people to the point where they kind of just, yeah, they, they just directed so much hate towards um, like Japanese people. They were just so mad because they, they lost her, they quote unquote lost their jobs because the Japanese industry or the automotive industry was doing so well. And like I was saying, Vincent Chin was a victim with this and the way this was working out was Vincent Chin again was minding his own business with his friends, and Nitz and Evans were just going around the club, just trying to blow some steam, I'm guessing. And Vincent Chin caught their eye, and they just started saying things under their breath, and then started yelling at, at Chin, yelling all these racial slurs and everything. Despite the fact that Vincent Chin is very much like Chinese, again, it doesn't, um, it-, it doesn't justify what they were saying, but it's like. It, for To them, it, it didn't matter. If, just as long as they saw that Asian face, that's all they see. It didn't matter if they were Chinese, Korean, Filipino, Japanese. They were all the same to them in their eyes. And yeah, these slurs just continued on to the night. And it almost got like superheated. But luckily, Vincent Chin and his friends were able to leave. But that wasn't the end of it. Unfortunately, this was not the the end of this kind of thing oh man i'm i'm really just going over this case right now and it's 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 a tough one so there might be uh, some pauses in between just to give y'all some like background of what's going on because again this is such a tough case to talk about and it's unfortunate because this case ended up coming up again during the rise of um anti-api hate that was going on um this year specifically, and little bits here and there from 2020. So, going back to the case, Vincent Chin and her friends and his friends were leaving uh, the strip club. They were just trying to mind their own business, they were trying to just do their own thing. And these guys, Ebbins and Nitz, pursued this uh, this guy. He pursued Vincent Chin and just tried to like attack him and everything. Like, they were still they were still like throwing racial slurs at him. They were getting angry. And this situation was getting more heated and heated by the minute. Vincent Chin was just trying to chill out. He was just trying to live his life before he became a married man. But these guys would just not let him go. They would just not let him go. And, ah, man, like Vincent Chin was pretty much running for his life. These guys were trying to attack him and everything. And, It got to this point where during this pursuit, Ebbins and Nitz were trying to look for Vincent Chin throughout um, the city that they were in. And it took about 20 minutes to find him. And what's even more messed up is they tried paying other people to help find them, and then they ended up finding him. And the way this case or this this murder ends out is by the, ta- by the time they found him, and I'm taking this off from Asian Society website, this Asian Society uh, organizational website, and I'm going to be reading off it a little bit. It was then that the two men severely beat him with a baseball bat, cracking open his skull. Four days later, on what was supposed to be his wedding day, Chin died from injuries. So I want to crack myself a little bit. It was actually four days after the bachelor party when his wedding was supposed to happen. But regardless, he ended up dying on his wedding day. These guys went out of their way to kill, attack Vincent Chin because of these racist thoughts they were having. They were mad because they were quote-unquote saying because of people like him that they were out of work, even though that wasn't the case of it all. And it's just, it's wild to think about because these guys were pushed to some degree that this was the only way that they could blow off their kind of steam. And what's messed up was after this murder happened and when the case came up like the actual court case happened this wasn't considered a racist attack and you would think because these guys were directing their anger anger towards japanese people and vincent chin ended up becoming a victim of that and with everything that was going on how could you not consider that a racist attack i mean one of the guys even claimed that oh, I'm not racist. This wasn't a racially motivated attack. And it's like, how can it not be? Like the whole reason this guy, these two guys went out to kill Vincent Chin was because they thought he was Japanese. This was straight up prejudice. This was straight up hate. This was straight up xenophobia. But they still claim to not be considered a racist attack. And that's pretty messed up. And the thing is, What's even more messed up about it was, okay, so going on to this case, there were two cases that came about it. So going from the sources that I have, and just a quick little interruption, these uh, documents that I will be putting are going to be in the description below. So you'll be seeing some of the full case that goes along with it. So going back into the, the first case that went on, Both Ebbins and Nitz were found guilty of manslaughter, which is, of course, that what happened. But the thing is, the... Oh, man, the, the result of it is... It's kind of... This is another thing that's pretty heartbreaking, because it was pretty much like nothing. They pretty much got nothing or they were pretty much got like no punishment whatsoever. They each received a $3,000 fine, $780 in court costs, and three years of probation. No jail time for, for this first case. And what's even more messed up is the fact that when this court case was happening, Vincent Chin's mother was not even informed about this. She wasn't even informed that there was a case about the guys that murdered her her son. And it's just like, you, you don't even invite the, the mother of the guy that died. And on top of that, the guys that murdered are not getting any kind of punishment. And... Oh man, there, there's so many layers to this kind of thing. And I think the one that hits the nail on the head on why this case irks me so much is the, the defense that, um, or not the defense, but the statement that the, uh, the circuit judge made Charles Kaufman. I don't know if this guy is still active or has passed, but if he's still active, As a judge, I honestly don't think he's qualified to be doing this kind of work. So this is the statement he made, and I'm getting this from History.com. Again, these links will be in the description below. Man, I had to take a little bit of a pause right there just to get my mind in the right headspace before I read this off. These aren't the kind of men you sent to jail, Kaufman said in defense of the sentences. We're talking about a man who's held down a responsible job for 17 or 18 years, and his son is employed and is a part-time student. You don't make the punishment fit the crime. You make the punishment fit the criminal. So Kaufman pretty much did not see these guys as criminals. He did not see them as murderers because they were quote-unquote good guys who were responsible with their work these were students they were contributing people to society and this irks me so much because how could you do that how could you give these guys these sentences who just straight up murdered someone out of hate out of racism again there were not really any kind of things defending like Asian Americans in terms of civil rights at this time but regardless of that you can't just let someone who murdered someone in cold blood go without any kind of punishment. You don't make the punishment fit the crime. You make the punishment fit the criminal. Dude, This these guys straight up killed someone and there was no remorse for it. These guys tried to justify it to every single like ends. like, And they still basically got no punishment for this one but luckily this is not the end of the case. When people started hearing about this, everyone was in an uproar. There were so many people that were coming together, a lot of people that were sparking protests and just everything about this case was making national news. Vincent Chin, an Asian American was murdered out of racism by these two white guys that felt it was justified. So many protests were coming about this. And luckily there were enough people to the point where this case ended up um, coming back. So moving forward in this case, I'm just going to go over um, what the results are. But luckily a lot of really, really good things came out from this. So the first thing. It was the first time Asian Americans were protected in a federal federal civil rights prosecution. And that was, again, this was honestly like one of uh, the biggest things. There were so many Asian American based civil rights organizations that were involved in making this an actual civil rights issue. And these guys ended up getting um, another case and stating that this was actually a civil rights violation. This was uh, a very much a racist attack. This was a case that needed to be taken more seriously than this was originally like put out for. So after this case was finished up, and I'm gonna be reading a little bit more from this. In 1984, the U- US district court sentenced Evans to 25 years in prison for violating Chin civil rights. Ebbins appealed and received a retrial and cleared him of all charges in 1987. Also in 1987, Ebbins and Nitz settled a civil case or civil suit out of court. Nitz was ordered to pay $50,000 to the Chin Estate over the following 10 years, which he did. And Ebbins was ordered to pay $1.5 million, which grew to an estimate of 80 mi- $8 $8 not $80 million, $8 million. And, ah oh man, unfortunately, that, wa- that went unpaid, but even though like it was just money and then like prison sentences and everything, it it was still significantly more than what it initially came to be. There was a big enough uproar to the point where this needed to be taken to a much higher level. There were, there was more to this case. These guys needed to pay for, The crimes that they had and unfortunately there's no amount of money that can ever replace a life i mean vincent chin's mom lost a son his friends lost probably like one of their best friends and his fiance lost the love of her life and there's no amount of money that could replace this kind of issue but I mean, with this case, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the life itself, but more so about the, the win that it took to get to Asian Americans being recognized in these kinds of civil rights cases. Because again, I don't think there were too many other like civil rights violations that happen or any civil rights violations that were taken to court on this kind of level. And this was such a big civil rights win for the community. Like these kinds of violations could actually happen and they can actually get charged. And yeah, it, again, it's such a big win and it's such a big win in history. And I feel like this just needed to be talked about once again. It's, I know it's kind of like, this case is very like sensitive, it's very heart-wrenching, and it even pains me a little bit to talk about it because it's such a heavy topic to talk about. And I know a lot of other people have talked about this before and have felt the same way and everything, but again, this case, this civil rights case in history is such an important thing to highlight because without this case, who knows what could have happened? Who knows if those violations or any future violations after this case happened would have been valid in any way. Or if these kinds of crimes would have been taken seriously. Like, I mean, again, like if we look back at that first trial, these guys barely got anything. I mean, just three years of probation and just a few fees to pay and everything. Like it could have just ended there. If that uproar didn't happen, if those protests didn't happen, like this case would have not meant anything or this case would have just be would have been buried for the rest of um eternity like it wouldn't have mattered at the end of the day but luckily it did there was a like i said i'm going to be repeating this there was a big enough uproar where people cared enough that vincent chin's civil rights were being violated and it's it's weird to give it up to this kind of case but we probably would not be at the point that we were at right now where people are starting to take um, some of these cases a lot more seriously. A lot more people are starting to have their eyes open to these kinds of civil rights violations, whether they be as big as this or whether they be just um, smaller cases than this people are actually taking it seriously. And I'm happy to see that even though I'm not happy that these cases are happening, at least there's something um, that's done about it. So that pretty much wraps it up for this. Again, this was such a heavy episode and, ah, uh, man, m- more of these episodes or the last, these last two episodes are going to get heavier and heavier, but like this case and like the the episode prior, these points of Asian American history are so important to talk about because, We never want to forget these kinds of things because who, again, who knows what could have happened if people didn't take these cases seriously. So for the next episode, for episode five, it's going to be, I wouldn't say a late one, but I'm going to be talking about the spa shootings that happen at in Atlanta. So at the time of this recording, it'll be around two months or so since those shootings have happened, but I've taken the time to really sit on it. I've talked about this um, issue, the situation with other people, and I just wanted to bring it up again so that way that point of history um, isn't lost. I just want to make sure that that point of history is covered. So that is what you're going to be expecting for episode uh, five of this APAM series. I hope you all are enjoying Um, this series so far. After this, there's going to be two more episodes and then we're going to be going into season three of the Philippines American Stories podcast. But until uh, episode five of this series, again, I hope you all have enjoyed this and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.